Drama City Productions presets. Immersion rig now online. Welcome nerd. Error security update needed. Error. 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 Forcing launch. Now loading episode 94. Welcome to Horror Month. Featuring horror. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Featuring horror. Jesus. Wet. Featuring horror. Dog wheel hunt! Get that bitch! Let the face get that bitch! I'm Tahira. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, so Christian, this week me and my daughter sat down and we watch It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, we do it every year. I, for some reason, have to watch it on network TV. I don't know why. I own the Blu-ray, but something special is about like watching it on like actual like TV. I, I maybe just because that's how I used to do it as you know a kid. Mm. Um, those kids are still jerks. I think we talked about it before. <laughs> My daughter's slowly catching on, like, how mean these kids are to poor Chuck. Um, and, like, the fact that, like, the neighbors seem to be, like, in on it. I mean, they're giving that point. Like, every other kid gets fucking candy, and Chuck is getting a rock. Um, but that being said, while I was, like, sitting down watching this, what I realized is there's not, like... Halloween specials anymore like there used to be like mm. when I was a kid I don't know if this was a thing when you were a kid but like like you know you would have like episodes of your favorite show like would get like a primetime special you know like during Halloween or there'd be like you know holiday specials during Christmas um, where it was like a special episode that like actually you know you could watch at night it was like a big event almost and you would circle it on your TV guy that doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. It just seems like the only one that kind of like lasted throughout time, you know, at least Halloween wise, was, you know, Great Pumpkin. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like there used to be like, it, like the Chipmunks would have one, the Garfield would have one, um, like every random show would at least get one Halloween special. Did, did you have that as a child? What they did was kind of like, they would do like a special week where it's like, oh, all the episodes will be like, Halloween themed and stuff like that, but it would go away. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be like. Well, something... they do. They do. They still do that. Yeah, exactly. They have Halloween special, but it's not something where like, oh, this is a big event. We're gonna go ahead. We're an era in prime time mm. where the family sits around the TV and watches that. You know, I think the last one I really saw them like, the, oh God, and this dates me, but I think Toy <laughs> Story had one. So, um, but like that was God probably a decade ago. Mm. I don't know if they still air that, but. It, I don't know. I, it just kind of made me feel a little sad, you know? It was always a big, like, it was must-see <laughs> TV, um, you know? And it was, like, such a big part of the Halloween season was, like, these little specials and everything. I'd love to get a collection of, like, the Garfield ones. Um, Garfield did Halloween right, goddammit, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, Christian, so it's time to get into our Top Horror Icon Countdown. Uh, this is the third episode featuring it, right? So yes. we're on numbers six through four? 
Yes. Correct. All right. (laughs) But before we go ahead and get into it, make sure you go ahead and subscribe uh, on whatever platform you're listening to. uh, That way you won't miss any part of the countdown. Yes. Make sure that you're giving us a review as well. Rate us five stars. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into it, Christian. Number six. Yes. Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclays. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Nobody believes you about Chucky. He came alive in my hand. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane, Mrs. Barkley. Sane and rational. No one believes the truth. <laughs> or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. <laughs> There's nothing innocent about child's play. Shucky is a killer doll containing the soul of notorious serial killer Charles Lee Ray. Right before capture in a last-minute attempt to save his ass, he uses voodoo uh, to transfer his soul into a good guy doll. The doll is then sold off to a mother and son, and Chucky then plots his escape and return to human form for about 20 films. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the stats. First appearance, Child's Play, 1988. Uh, he was created by Don Mancini, and he was voiced by Brad Dorf. And then, until recently, I guess, now he's voiced by Mark Hamill and Brad Dorf. Because <laughs> it's weird, but Brad is going to be doing the TV yeah, series. Yeah, keep reading, they're doing a series now. That's right, and I think they're in production. But uh, yeah, and then Mark Hamill just did the reboot. So, um, all right. He has a kill count, before we move on, of 67. And that's of Cult of Chucky, so we don't have Mark Hamill's yes. kill count. I haven't reboots. added, I didn't find Mark Hamill's kill okay. count. Okay, okay. It shouldn't be that hard <laughs> to add up, I'm... I'm sure. It's like a handful, maybe. Exactly. It wasn't too many. But it's impressive. 67 is impressive. So, I mean, for a fucking doll. That's with all the, like, extras (laughs) that he's just slashing through. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. So, why did Chucky make our list, Christian? Um, For me, he's always been an iconic character. You know, just, like, looking at images before even seeing the films. You know, it's that crazy killer doll. Like... There's always been something ominous. Even him as a normal doll in a box just yeah. felt wrong. Still creepy. Some, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, and even just like discovering him as a... Like I saw a lot of the um, newer, less serious films before seeing Child's Play. And I think discovering Child's Play in the end, while it... I love know, it's that still, you're actually implying Child's Play is a serious film. It was taken more seriously. <laughs> yes, it was. Than considered Tone the like, seed of Chucky and everything like that. Yes, comparably uh, speaking. <laughs> um, seeing it in a more horror aspect, I, I think I enjoyed it a lot more. I could see why you know it's such a huge figure in horror in general. Yeah, and I think 
you, a, a lot of times it feels like children first like take to Chucky um, just because the whole idea and concept mm. of like one of your toys coming to life and like literally trying to kill you is just such a nightmare scenario for uh-huh. a kid. Um, it, it's just like a betrayal of trust almost. So that fear, um, I think that's that's a huge part of it. I, it. I think he's become almost like a little gateway to like horror movies for kids. Cause you know, I, I, I've like had like cousins, like little cousins who are like six or seven years old, like know who Chucky is without seeing any of the movies. They know who Chucky is, um, you know, and I think it's just that whole idea of a doll coming to life mm-hmm. and stalking you, one of your toys. Uh, so, but like for me, like as a kid, I was never a huge fan of Chucky and just like later on, you know, through the span of how many movies I've grown to appreciate, you know, Chucky. Um, he just really like, I, I, for me, I think at first it was the fact that I just couldn't find him scary. I think I was in middle school, so I was gotcha. going through that kind of like that, you know. <laughs> I was going through puberty and like just like this isn't scary, you know, that tough guy phase everyone goes through. Um, and I, I just, I, but later on, I feel like he's like the embodiment of almost what like those eighty slasher movies were all about. Mm. You know, great one-liners, creative kills. And his kills have gotten more and more creative, like, throughout the years. Um, they've never toned him down. You know, if anything, they've turned him up. So it, it's just a good time. And Brad Dorff's, like, just performance as Chucky. Absolutely. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's part like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> but he's, like, ferocious, mm-hmm. you know, as the character. Um it's it's just a fun watch. No, I would say um, his yell in general is iconic on its own. Yes, yes. <laughs> when he's the, like, it's like almost a war cry, mm-hmm. honestly. So I mean, I I love the character, um, and you know, I mean, I, he definitely deserves to be this high on the list at this point. Because at first, when you were talking about it, and you brought up Chucky, and he was going to make my list, I definitely did not have him this high. But the more I thought about it, I mean. Who's more iconic than Chucky, mm-hmm. you know, except for the, you know, next five characters that we're going to talk about. <laughs> but I feel like if everyone knows who Chucky mm. is, so there's no denying that. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's such an interesting time. I mean, we we reviewed uh, the, the reboot of Child's Play. Um, I enjoyed it, but I think one of the re- one of the reasons why I didn't give it a higher rating review wise was just it was missing the charm of the originals gotcha. you know it, mm-hmm. it just it, it it was missing bright dwarf honestly so something about it being like an ai and everything like that kind of took the fun out of it i'm hoping the sequels you know if it, it sounds like they're going to be sequels of course you know figure out a way to kind of get that personality back into the character because i don't think it like i think mark harrell's portrayal in general was great it was fine it was just it's the whole concept mm. behind how he exists that is kind of flawed i feel like um you know chucky's all personality he's bravado Mm -hmm. you know on like 10 and to have him as like this ai who's like kind of learning it's more like short circuit than like chucky it definitely talk about dated references jesus (laughs) christ i'm old (laughs) short circuit 2 is actually one of my favorite movies really (laughs) (laughs) what's it called uh 
it definitely did leash the character a lot more. When I know, like, by the end, you were kind of seeing what Mark Hamill looks like unleashed with this character. Yes. And I feel like a sequel could be way better. Well, the fact that he's kind of learning, I think, mm-hmm. you know, his trade and everything, and he's kind of being influenced by things we saw him watching, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that, then maybe he'll, like, pick up that personality piece, too, at the same time. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to the TV show, though. You know, they've mm-hmm. done a really good job, too, with all the sequels, like, keeping, like, the continuity actually in check. And that's all due to, like, Don Mancini actually, like, you know, helming most of those films. So I got to give it to them. Because a lot of times, I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, Halloween has how many continuities at this mm-hmm. point? So, but Chucky's pretty, they've stayed true. And even though a lot of those movies are, like, straight to, like, you know, video on demand at this point, I mean, I feel like they're, they're, they kept the quality about the same. So not many of them have dipped down. And I actually really enjoyed like Curse of Chucky. I thought they did a good job of like trying to make the character like scary again. Mm-hmm. Um, but with still honoring like his past at the same time. So, um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with the series. Yeah, I just, we have because there hasn't been like a synopsis or anything yet. I not really, that I've yeah. seen or read, at least. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's it's on its way. Mm-hmm. So. so, Christian, do you have a favorite Chucky kill? Um, I used to like to watch the Bride and Seed of Chucky a lot. Okay, so I I do acknowledge that those are bad Chucky films. <laughs> I think they I think they're fun though. They're fun. Seed but... of Chucky sucks, but yes. Bride <laughs> I enjoyed. Yeah. Um. The kill and scene of Chucky where they just wire off the guy's head and just plops off. Yes, ridiculous. I just thought it was so campy and funny <laughs> at the time. And then they start making out in front of his body. Yes, being showered in blood. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's fun. Times. But there's I, plenty of those in those films. I'm not a huge fan of part two, but I do like the scene where Chucky kills the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um just because I I think when I saw it originally, it was almost therapeutic. <laughs> I had some awful teachers at the time. <laughs> and that teacher was a fucking bitch. So <laughs> she had it coming. So, but he's also, that's another scene where he's just fierce. You mm-hmm. know, when he's coming out of that fucking closet and charging at her. I mean, he's pretty terrifying, you know, for a pint-sized, you know, doll. There's a lot of um, haunted houses where they play little scenes, and that's the one from Chucky they usually use. Yeah, it is a classic mm-hmm. scene. It is a classic scene. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Yes, our number five is Pinhead. Hellraiser. Beyond any terror you have imagined. A nightmare. No. Unlike anything you have witnessed. Is born. Because within these walls, the unholy is unleashed. Pinhead is the leader of the Cenobites, formerly humans but transformed into creatures which reside in an extra-dimensional realm. 
who travel to Earth through a puzzle box called the Laminate Configuration in order to harvest human souls. His origins and nature of the Cenobites vary depending on, upon the medium. While the character began as an amoral entity blindly devoted to the practice of experimental sadomasochism, later depictions have portrayed him as explicitly evil and even demonic in origin. Let's get to his <laughs> stats. His first appearance was in the book The Hellbound Heart. Um, he was created by Clive Barker, and he has been portrayed by Doug Bradley. Uh, his estimated kills are around 35, but I've definitely seen him kill way more than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Exactly. I feel like maybe it's 35 main characters, and then maybe like hundreds of side characters. Yeah, well, because there's that whole club scene. Exactly. Three. Which, which actually, before I know we're not even there, but that is my favorite moment, because just... The visuals <laughs> of seeing CDs flying into people's faces. Maybe they're not counting that as like Pinhead's direct kills. I get, but I mean, it's his chains. Yeah, but then he also like his at that point, right? Didn't he transform the uh, DJ? Yeah, he does. Transform. So he's got the other Cenobites with him. Fine. Whatever. So I, I guess I'm, I'm guessing stat wise. He's like, definitely killed more than. No, me. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Just by proxy. All right, well, anyway, why did he make our number five? So, he's probably one of the horror icons that I'm most terrified of. Like, I, that movie seriously traumatized mm. me as a child. Like, I, I think I saw it when I was, like, eight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Um, I had a, like, best friend who had an older brother who would, like, just go and rent these fucking horror movies mm -hmm. for us. And, you know, like, at midnight, once his parents were asleep, we would stay up with his brother and watch them. <laughs> and, you know, at that point, we've seen, like, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, which I was also terrified of. But Hellraiser fucking takes it to the next level. I mean, it, it, like, the... That character is just such an awesome creation by Clive Barker mm -hmm. because, I mean, he's the gatekeeper of fucking hell. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think they say it's like a dimension. They don't actually come out and say hell, right? It's yeah. like Leviathan or something like that, whatever. But, I mean... They call it the Labyrinth instead of hell. Yeah, but his power mm. is completely unknown. Like... He can show up at any point, you know. I mean, yeah, you need the puzzle box, but as a kid, I don't fucking know that. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I do something sinful or, you know, bad, you know, fucking Pinhead's going to show up and rip me to shreds. So, I mean, and just the visuals of that movie and everything, like, the kills are just so brutal and no. over the top. It's definitely I, not one you want to eat. No, and it's watching. still something that holds mm -hmm. up. It really does. So, I mean, I've always loved Pinhead. And just, I mean, visually a stunning character. I mean, there really hasn't been a character like Pinhead since. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and all the Cenobites for that matter. I mean, they got goofy over time. You know, like the DJ, you know, Cenobite yes. that we we're talking about. Um, a little too gimmicky. But, you know, that first, like, group of Cenobites are just fantastic. Really. I mean, just, I mean, haunting. Fucking Chatterer and everything. I mean... Just good shit, man. Good horror shit. That's what I'm talking about. And there's something like Shakespearean about like Pinhead. Well, yeah, he's Doug. very intellectual. He's very smart. Yes, and but I, it's 
you don't really get that in the first mm-hmm. film, you know, and like the later films and everything like that, where they kind of give him like a brief like backstory. Um, you know, you see a little more of the character in that. But like for me, like you know, just the delivery of the lines and everything. Like I feel like he's the most quotable horror icon that we have. So especially, I mean, that first movie alone. So and like originally, I don't think he was supposed to be like the main Cenobite. Like and mm-hmm. it just over time, everyone kind of like gravitated you know, towards that performance. So, um, but yeah, no, you, you flash, you know, Pinhead up, up there, you know, people may, they might not have seen the movie, but mm-hmm. they know the character. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, what do you like about Pinhead? I, uh, well, the fact that, yes, he is very intellectual. The way he delivers his lines throughout the films has definitely stood out compared to your usual, like when he's in this, he's in this top five, which we're gonna get to other characters who don't even speak. You know, mm. yeah, it's he has he has this way of being very distinctive in that sense where he he he's has eloquent, exactly. That's a great way of saying it. Uh, <laughs> while he's also skinning you alive, yes. you know. It's <laughs> but yeah, very much. Um, for a while, it was a film that was just playing in the background at a friend's house. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to get to know more about what the fuck I'm seeing because this is just people getting brutally destroyed. And, and watching it, I was just like, wow, this is not only is this fucked up, but it's you know, there's a lot to this character and a lot. Um, I feel like there's a lot more depth compared to a lot of villains. Well, the thing is, especially if you really think about it in the first few films, a lot of the characters that you know we're following have it coming. You know, like, they deserve what's happening to them. Um, you know, except for, like, Christy. So, um, you know, and maybe her father. But, you know, like, so, like, there's almost this, like, almost, like, vigilante, like, quality to, like, Pinhead, too. Kind of kind of reminds you of, like, Jigsaw, in a way. And even with the puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're, and, it, like, a lot of these characters are masochists, and they're seeking out ultimate, like... Mm-hmm you know, mythical experience that they've heard about with these puzzle boxes. So, but like, you know, her uncle Frank and then her like, like stepmother, they're just horrible people. So, um, so like he almost feels just in what he's doing in a sick, twisted way. So, I mean, the character's just like the pure like personification of like pain. Um, just torture. And like the fact that like, with Pinhead, he's like, I mean, all the other horror icons, they kill you and you're dead. Mm-hmm. Pinhead comes, he kills you, and then he tortures you for eternity. <laughs> so, I mean, truly, just terrifying <laughs> concept-wise. So, I mean, and, and like, there's the chance that you might become one of the Cenobites, like, if you're chosen, I mm. guess. Which I don't know if it's any better than, you know, being tortured in, you know, hell or whatever. But I don't know, man. I mean, just, I mean, you're, you're pretty much fucked, yeah. you know, if Pinhead shows up. Is there a specific moment that you enjoyed throughout the, these nine films? Yeah, I mean, I stopped. I stopped mm-hmm. at four. And I, I, I hope that we finally get a decent reboot you know we've heard over the last couple years where you know Clyde Barker's come out and said that they're working on something 
We've heard rumors of a TV series, um, but then we also heard, I think Damon Lindelof was actually attached to something at one point. I could be completely wrong. <laughs> so, um, just a lot of different stories. Mm-hmm. Since we've been doing the podcast, I feel like it, it feels like every like couple months we hear something new. So um, I hope they get something quality-wise that lives up to those at least original like couple films. Um, yeah, but, but like, I want the uh, CG team from Avengers. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but I want practical effects too. Well, y- yes, I'm just saying I want it to look on that top. Good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but like for me, like we didn't even name the other people who portrayed Pinhead because I mm-hmm. haven't watched any of those films. So, and I was actually when doing this list, I was surprised like how many other sequels there's been. Like, I, it felt like every couple of years you'd hear of another sequel, but I didn't even realize half of them actually came out. So Well, the fact that there was one that came out last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a case, too, of them just trying to, like, a studio trying to keep the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was going to have to, like, pick a moment, it would have to be in the first film. It'd have to be Jesus Wept. You know, when she, Uncle Frank finally gets what's coming to him. Just such a great moment. And just, you know, I mean, just, I don't think for a kill, there's many that are more iconic than that. Um, you know, especially from the characters on our mm-hmm. list. Just, the you know, him just completely being torn apart by those hooks. Um, you know, where you get that one, like, moment before he finally, you know, dies where he just kind of like licks his lips, you know, and almost seems like he's enjoying it, um, you know, and he lets out that, you know, Jesus wept line, and then he just, you know, explodes, you know, it's completely like mm-hmm. torn apart, but just visually, just a nightmare on screen, um, you know, at the time I'm fucking eight watching this shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's, and that's, that 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 that's enough to alter your brain <laughs> chemistry right there. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. <laughs> yes, a lot, a lot. So, um, but yeah, no, Pinhead definitely deserves to be on this list. What was your favorite kill? Do you have? A oh, well, I, the DJ scene. Where I, oh, I wasn't that's right. That's what you talked about yeah. at the top. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think it's hilarious. I I, I enjoy horror because i'm fucked up in the head and yeah no i guess i, I, I love the cds I, I flying into people's faces the you know, he um the one guy grabs the hook and uh-huh. it rips off his fingers and it just kicks off this just brutal massacre i don't know that's so just a great me. massacre no, i do trust me i do enjoy well not necessarily enjoy but i do like <laughs> you enjoy it don't lie <laughs> like all the scenes where it's like just someone getting their skin completely like cleanly like ripped off mm. and then just sucked into a portal yeah yeah um i don't for me i wasn't a big fan of three um i but for some reason i i really like uh bloodline uh, I know a lot of people shit on it because it's, you know, pinhead in space. Mm. But I don't know, man. I, I like the fact that they tried to give kind of more of a backstory and everything. And I just thought it was an interesting take on the character. And I think at the time when I first saw it, I didn't even realize that they were going to be in space. You know, like I only saw like a trailer or two. That's back before the internet, mm-hmm. you know, was really a thing. So, like, I was like, what the fuck are they doing in a goddamn spaceship? <laughs> um, but I, I enjoy Bloodlines. So, it, 
you know, I you mean, I'm going to be a Saints of Guilty Pleasure, goddammit, because I'm going <laughs> to own it. I enjoy Bloodline. Fine, fine. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our number four pick. Yes, Leatherface. This is the movie that is just as real. Just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. All right, Jedediah Sawyer is the baby boy of the Sawyer clan. Ordered around by his cannibalistic family, he murders their victims with a chainsaw or a sledgehammer, looking for approval from his family. The Sawyers waste no part of the human body, turning bone and flesh into furniture and award-winning food that they serve at their gas station slash restaurant. Bubba himself uses the skin faces of his victims as masks, giving him the signature nickname Leatherface. All right, so Leatherface's first appearance is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, he was created by Kim Henkel and Toby Hooper, and he was portrayed most famously by Gunnar Hansen and a whole lot of other people. And I'm going to try to do their names and try not to just completely slaughter all of them. Uh, Tom Mora, Morga, Bill Johnson, R.A. Miloff, Robert Jacks, Andrew Berninski, um, Sam Strike, and Dan Yeager. So, and he is estimated having 90 kills. And is that all of the different, like, continuities? Yes, that's all the continuities. So, that's, so depending on what's in canon, there could be way less. <laughs> well, I, I think they're, I think it's just different kind because they're all kind of in canon, I right? I mean, so the remakes, it, they're not even the Sawyer family. They're the Hewitts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, man, I enjoy the remakes, too. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, fuck that. They're all in canon, goddammit. So, um, well, all right. So, why is Leatherface our number four pick? Well, I got to say for me, which I did see the remake first. So, I saw the 2003 remake. Which is fair. I mean, that's mm. your generation, so it makes sense. And the concept of the character terrified me. Mm-hmm. You know, the concept of his family and everything, uh, the way that they killed people, the way he was just chainsawing motherfuckers down, <laughs> and then wearing, like, actually, the, like, the visuals of seeing him, like, turn around with the faces on him and everything. Yes. Just, I don't know. And then the ending, where they made it seem like it's, like, a real-life story. You know, <laughs> I was just like, man, this guy's out there somewhere and gonna fuck me up. <laughs> but I'm never going to Texas. That is hilarious. <laughs> so how old were you when you saw this? Um, I had to have been around 13, 12 okay uh-huh. <laughs> i thought you're gonna tell me like six or seven okay so you really believe that like he was yeah. out there i thought it was like oh based so off a true funny. story yeah <laughs> <laughs> i always love the true story like based off a true story uh-huh. now i mean so toby hooper got the inspiration from you know the ed gain killings mm-hmm. um but yeah no <laughs> very loosely based yes. off a true true story so uh but 
I, like you were saying, I mean, the the character is the embodiment of like brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, something is weirdly innocent about him too. Um, like the fact that they're kind of talking about like you know he's like the baby of the family. Um, that's how they kind of mm-hmm. treat him throughout like all of the films. Um, except for the re- the remakes, he's more of this monster. Yes. Yeah, you know, but he feels more like a teenager to me in the remakes. Like you know, just this angst ridden you know freak if you will um just want to be in my room with my faces mom yeah (laughs) the fact that he's you know stalking his victims Mm. with like the face of their loved ones on i mean you don't get better than that right (laughs) (laughs) and this is i mean those remakes really kicked off you know for better or worse the remake that happened in the early 2000s where like every horror movie was getting remade mm. at that point. So because they were so successful because they were well done, um, you know, and I enjoyed the second one, too. I feel like the second remake doesn't get enough um, credit either. So or not the se- I guess it would be the sequel to the remake. Let me get my terminology right. With Leatherface, it's not solely about just him as a character. It's, you know, really the supporting cast that mm-hmm. they put around him and his family, that whole dynamic. Um, you know, there's been so many great, like, characters, you know, part of that family. Um, you know, like, characters like uh, Chop Top and, you know, the Hitchhiker and the Chef. Um, you know, even um, with the remakes, uh, Sheriff Hewitt and everything, those characters are almost as terrifying as Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked that element where they would make it seem like, okay, they've escaped him and then they found someone that might be able to help them. And of course, mm-hmm. oh, he's part of the family. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I, I don't know, man. And that, that the original film just, there's like this grime to it. Mm-hmm. This like, dirt where after you watch it you feel like you need to like take a shower um you know and it, it it's pretty it's 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 almost bloodless as a film too which it, it's strange because you feel like you see a lot more than you really do um because of that like that mm-hmm. just that tone and just the look of the film um it just it, 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 if you think about it leatherface really is you know one of the first like modern day horror icons um, before Leatherface, I mean, we were, you're talking about like, you know, the Universal Monsters. So it is a true groundbreaking film. There's so many like great versions of the mm-hmm. character too throughout all the films. Like what's your favorite like portrayal of the character? Um, I mean, it still probably sticks with more of the modern takes. Okay. But I think it's when he's when he's kind of more vicious and stalking like i get it i do enjoy like the family aspect mm-hmm. where it's you know he's, he's childlike almost. he's childlike and they're very much like telling him he's going to do what they're what they say you know and they're very much seems like almost they're more of the villain of the story sometimes yeah where they're almost mm-hmm. manipulating but i do them. like it when he's got that grind that like that stalk that hunt in him that drive to get the kill done in the remakes mm-hmm. he's portrayed as much more vicious it seems like yeah um he's less and i don't want to say innocent i'm using the term very <laughs> loosely but he's got that mm-hmm. he's got less innocence to him 
Um, so I, yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoy that portrayal also. And that's Andrew Br Brzezinski, Berninski, and he, much bigger guy too. Mm -hmm. I think he was like a former pro wrestler or something. I could be getting this wrong, but like, he's a really big, he like, was huge. Yeah. Built guy. <laughs> um, where like Gunnar Hansen was more just like a heavy set mm -hmm. dude. Um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I could tear your fucking arms off, but yeah, no. Andrew Berninski, like, he definitely, he felt like he could be in, like, a WWE ring or something, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Gunnar Hansen just because, you know, he set the tone, mm -hmm. you know. So just, like, Gunnar Hansen's, like, physicality, mm -hmm. you know, throughout that movie. But then, like, that final scene where he starts doing, like, that chainsaw dance and everything uh -huh. just puts such a nice, like, bow on the entire movie and everything like that and just really just sets the tone for, you know, everything that we see afterwards. Um, just such a bizarre, twisted character. Uh, I, you know, I can't say enough about mm, that. But, I mean, that scene does stand out and stick with me as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Him just twirling around. Yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, and I feel like that's the one thing the remake is kind of missing is like that bizarre, like kind of like quirkiness, mm -hmm. um, where you know he's he's just kind of more of a like pure like vicious character, which is fine. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe they, wise, yeah, maybe they I just went it. too studio like heavy on it there's a little bit of a gloss mm -hmm. on that film you know it does feel a little too clean even though you know they're showing you visuals that are definitely fucking gritty but there's this weird mm -hmm. like kind of you know sheen on it i do like the like almost i don't i didn't really capture what toby hooper had mm -hmm. it was done in like this weird like farmhouse in like you know a hundred degree heat and people were getting sick on the sets and you know it, like it was uh, like guerrilla filmmaking at its mm. finest so i mean it, it's hard to capture that feel really so um but yeah that was my one critique of the movie that yeah it's got too much of that kind of like hollywood kind of gloss on it so and i wouldn't mind a stylized remake of it nowadays if they were to do one yeah, and I, I know they've got, we've had a, almost a remake recently, right? Where it's kind of like the beginning, the origin story. Mm -hmm. I think it was just called Leatherface. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something else in the works. We, once again, just like Hellraiser, <laughs> I think we heard that there uh -huh. was a possible, another movie coming out. But then we also heard rumors of a TV series. I do feel like Texas Chainsaw Massacre could really, like, lend itself to a series because mm -hmm. of, the whole family dynamic. Yes. So I think that could work. Um, so I just give me more Leatherface, goddammit. No, I could totally picture a like nine episode arc where it's like, you know, the group is discovering the family and discovering their habits and stuff. Just kind of like that build up to, oh my God, we've been eating people and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good times. Exactly. <laughs> um, I guess I want to end with, uh, would you try, would you try human? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to end with <laughs> you didn't ask me that with Hannibal um, true but you kind of made it sound like it with Hannibal <laughs> well that TV series the Hannibal TV series yes. speaking of TV shows made human look delicious <laughs> so um, not what 
you know, the Sawyer family serving. You wouldn't I try their chili? Try no. <laughs> no, that shit looked fucking nasty. I think in two, like, they even find, like, a fucking uh-huh. finger and shit while they're, you know. Yeah, they weren't grinding that shit up. Yeah, right? no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good stuff, though. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, that does it for this week in the Horror Icon Countdown. We're going to continue on next week. It's the last week, the final three. That's right. Make sure you subscribe over at Apple Podcasts. Yes. Or anywhere else that you listen to exactly. shows like us. <laughs> All right, so Christian, this is usually the segment of the show where we have our news. Yes. But this week, it's so fucking light <laughs> that we're not going to have a news segment. We're going to go straight into Christian's Corner. Yes, everyone's favorite segment. Uh, Let's bump the brakes on everyone. Everyone's favorite (laughs) segment. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, yeah, it's another good week for video game news. Um, This time... Bethesda has decided to make a subscription service for their recent game. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember Fallout 76. It was a big one that I was talking about last year. I remember you talking about that game, <laughs> but... It was kind of like their departure from just a standalone single-player experience into a multiplayer experience all online. You know, we're taking this um, kind of open-world experience and we're making it filled with other online players and such and such and it turned out the game wasn't all that you know gripping there wasn't much to do while you're in there i believe i it's sitting on my hard drive i've only played it twice because i just got bored really i put some hours but not enough to really make me say i want to continue on so one of the things that came out recently now is the rest of the gaming community you know in the same boat as you like yeah just it just really you know their people. player count just isn't that high it wasn't if you had a good like friend group to do it with maybe you okay. know but at the same time this is something that you know you should be able to experience on your own so was it considered a complete flop then <sighs> let's say medium okay because Fair i mean now it, like <sighs> there's a lot to it where you know they said that it was just going to be like you know, oh, we're not going to have any play-to-win options and stuff like that. It, it, over time, it's felt more like a cash grab, I would say, than anything. Well, it sounds definitely disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big things that would, came out recently, like uh, over the last C3, was um, that they were going to finally start filling it in more with NPCs that actually talk to you like the original game did um, and stuff like that. And that got like pushed back. Uh, they, uh, they're, they haven't been able to patch that in just yet, so they've, that's been delayed, and then a couple days later, they announce, we're gonna give you a Fallout membership, and you can pay $12 a a month, and you get special privileges, like, um, you can have your own server, you can have these special skins for things, you can have unlimited, um, what's it called, storage, and stuff, stuff that people like would definitely want, but it's also at a price that seems pretty ridiculous. And it's also like if you want to do it for an entire year, you're gonna spend a hundred dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, who wants that? Exactly, <laughs> that's an option. You can spend a hundred dollars up front for a year of playing this game that barely anyone's playing, 
it's it's just and they really... haven't changed the price. No, that's weird. So you buy sixty bucks, sixty dollar game, and then you're gonna pay an extra twelve dollars a month to get special privileges. Yeah, no, fuck that. Exactly. I don't know. Um, they've really they've really just started to hurt their fan base more and more as time's gone. Yeah, it sounds like a complete turnoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting. You know, we're in this weird place where like Outer Worlds comes out today you know mm-hmm. um and i'm going to be playing that over the weekend and that's kind of like while it's not going to be at the scale of a traditional fallout game you know it's going to give content similar to those types of games and it's going to see what you know bethesda how bethesda reacts to you know competition in this type of market and stuff like that and i mean if it's almost kind of like the WWE right now, where it's like, hey, you know, we got your favorite titles, we got your favorite characters, we just expect you to keep coming back, but now if alternatives keep showing up, people are going to slowly move away. Exactly. You keep on abusing your fan base. Exactly. You're going to turn people off, and they're going to find, you know, another form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next summer. Um, if they announce the next Elder Scrolls game, and they finally get back on track with their fans and everything. Because they, they have been known to put out a good game. Uh, they've just, you know, they've been beating the same dead horse uh, for too long. You know, um, Skyrim has been out for way too long and they need to move on. They need to, I mean, I understand. It's game, they make games that are worth playing usually for five to ten years. I mean, that's that's the type of experiences that they like to create. But... At this point, you know, the gaming market, the internet in general, is constantly clamoring for something new. Mm-hmm. And when you're at this point, and it's already been, I don't, I think it's been past 12 years since Skyrim came out in general. Uh, I think people are just ready for that next experience that's going to be on the same level of a traditional Elder Scrolls game or a traditional Fallout game. Um, we really need something more from them. And when they keep trying to squeeze money out of you, it, it just, you know, it, it gives you a bad taste in your mouth almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just my opinion of Fallout First at the moment. Uh, we'll see how it goes down the road. Um, the private servers sound interesting for the game. You know, that means you don't have to deal with any um, random people out there. You could just go into a game with your friends. But it's not like you get to keep that server. Like, as soon as you leave... Um, all like your friends can't continue to play in that area, so it kind of almost feels pointless. Like whoever controls the server, pretty much, um, uh, has to be online, and that experience has to happen right then and there. You know, no one can continue to play afterwards. It'll just um, immediately boot everyone out. Stuff like that. Um, I the fan reception has been very poor. You know, people are just saying you know they're squeezing us for every drop that they can. Um, if you don't like it, go buy Skyrim is, is the meme right now going on. So it's just, it's disappointing to see, you know, so I, I, I've been a very big Bethesda fan for a while and very big, uh, fan of this, uh, franchise for a little while. So it's, it's, it's disheartening to see. All right. Well, that does it for my corner. Uh, like we said before, you know, news has been very slow, but I think I know the reason why, Damon. Why would that be, Christian? I think because Star Wars dropped a trailer. That's right, goddammit. Coming soon to theaters. People keep telling me they know me. 
no one does. Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. All right, Damien, it was finally the final trailer. The movie's coming out any any day now at this point, well, December. Now. But <laughs> <laughs> still, like the, two months away. Exactly. The way these tickets are selling, I I would assume the movie comes out fucking Friday. That's right. They <laughs> just broke Endgame's record. Exactly. Correct. So. Um, are you a person who usually purchases tickets right away? Yes, but I I was out of money, so I couldn't. <laughs> Fair enough. Everyone buy a t-shirt exactly. and support Christian. <laughs> Get your nerd swag on. Now so I'm going to have to go, go two days later. It's just, why? <laughs> um, so, I gotta say, man, these Star Wars trailers, they know what the fuck they're doing. Mm. They hit all the right buttons with me. I don't know how you feel about it, but like this was fucking epic. And they didn't tell you jack <laughs> shit. Um, but that's what I want from mm-hmm. a trailer. Just give me a taste of everything. Um, just the visuals were great. Um, you know, we had enough hints to kind of keep us going. Um, but overall, I mean, just, I mean, the score alone, I mean, had like me, like right away, like, you know, I mean, just chills. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the trailer before I go too deep into it? (laughs) I would say I agree. I feel like this is the best score so far, sounding wise out of the, out of the three, um, the newer films. Okay. The sequels. (laughs) What are they going to? My daughter actually gave me she oh she gave me a term oh which I was like where did you get this term from <laughs> she goes dad it's the modern trilogy huh I was like is that something people where are you on the internet you're five <laughs> <laughs> I was like where did it? her uncle must have taught her that or something I was like where did you I get no that idea. so <laughs> I was impressed um, but anyway so but. The modern trilogy, yes. yes. I, 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 just from what we heard, the little, mm-hmm. little bits that we heard, definitely. I mean, that was one of my main complaints about for the Force Awakens. I, I was like, this is the most muted sounding John Williams joint I've ever heard. And it was very odd. It was like, it never the music never really stood out to me throughout that film. You know what? You're right. I agree. Yeah, there's not one piece of the mm-hmm. score that really like resonates. So I, I definitely agree, which is crazy to say. I mean, it's John Williams, for crying out loud. And while there's definitely pieces in um, The Last Jedi that stand out, like the throne room yes. scene, it was great. I just, I'm I'm hoping for more, especially with all the rumors and the story. Where Not even rumors. I think it was his son oh, well, who yeah. actually came out and said that they're going to be using a lot of pieces, you know, mm-hmm. throughout, you know, the last, what, eight films. Um in the movie like they're going to literally use pieces from every section like you know of the movie um within this score i mean i don't know how faint and like you know how you know brief it's going to be but yeah he's going to like kind of you know use this film to kind of like put a bow on everything he's done for star wars oh my god do you think duel of fates is when she has her double lightsaber 
<laughs> that's that that, that Sith vision that it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Um, all right. So let's get into this. Okay. And there's not tons to really get into because really it's just like a bunch mm. of like you know visuals and that. Well, it's it. a lot of, but it's a lot of just like, like even looking at that ship scene where it's all the um, alliance ships showing up. Do you think it's the ghost? Oh yeah, that's absolutely the ghost. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you think we see any like characters like just briefly, you know, from like Rebels or Clone Wars? I would love to say yes, but I doubt it. I would. You man. know, if if anything, they're just behind, just like in the background or something. We saw Chopper. Chopper was in um in Rogue One. So I mean, in the background mm. briefly. <laughs> So, supposedly. I don't know if, like, some <laughs> fan noticed it. It was like, that's Chopper. And they're like, sure. I believe there's a picture. So, no, there's a picture. But I think maybe they might have been like, okay, oh, okay. yeah, sure, whatever, guys. <laughs> Chopper, okay. <laughs> we totally didn't just use the design. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, gee. I, okay, first things first. Okay. If C-3PO dies, we write. I'm going to have a big problem. And I, I would never guess this. But I'm going to have a big problem with C-3PO dying. Because it really does feel like something's going to happen in this film. Where, you know, C-3PO is going to perhaps even, like maybe like sacrifice himself or something. Like, and I, if you told me that, like last week, I'd be saying you're fucking crazy. Because, I mean, C-3PO, hmm. fine, you know. I mean, I'm sure I loved the character as a kid, but, like, it doesn't really do anything for me nowadays as an adult. But, like, that scene, man, I it gave me all the feels. Like, it, I was, like, I was, like, man, I really, I, I don't think I'm emotionally ready for this. <laughs> um, while I do think this will be the last film we see C-3PO in. No, I, yes. But I, they've said that with all the characters, basically. I don't think they're going to kill him off. I think that's, you know, oh, this is, a, there's an opportunity, there's a, chance that you might lose all your memory here or something like that and they're, they're like tempting fate at that moment and then maybe at the end he's like i'm okay <laughs> well we had the last trailer that we had we had c-3po's eyes going yes. right i don't think we ever talked about that you know everyone was kind of speculating could it be something where they have to like upload c-3po kind of like what they did in like solo with um uh lando's droid i could see that happening you know, like for it becomes just part of the ship for something, forever, yeah, something like, that. something like along those. I don't know why they would need a translator, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I could see them kind of working, mm-hmm. you know, the story that way, where C through PO has to make like the ultimate sacrifice. Or Maybe something. there's some type of technology that they just want to put in him to get him to uh, to take somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I, I think it was interesting about that scene was the battle droid in the background. Yes, yes, and I didn't even spot it originally when I mm-hmm. first like watched it. Um, so, how do you think the battle droids are going to come into play? Like, I'm not sure. Like, it could be. It'd be interesting if like the emperor has like a secret stash of like battle droids or something. But the fact that it's on her ship or in well, her we don't. Home, we're not sure it's her ship. True. Right? So, I mean, I'm kind of speculating that it might be her ship, but yeah, I we we have no clue at this point. But. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely in the scene, so it makes mm. sense. But it could easily be, like, a sand planet home, like, the way that it looks inside. Okay. Okay, so well, maybe from it's my not perspective. even a ship? Yeah. 
Okay, that's true. That's true. I'm just kind of assuming it's a ship <laughs> at that point, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like that they're going to be, you know, touching all the movies, it seems mm. like. So, um, man, what do you think about... Okay, so there's the one scene where it seems like Ray and Kylo are destroying... You know, it seems like a Vader, like like statue or some kind of like memorial or mm. something you know do you feel like they're destroying it together or do you feel like in, they're in the midst of like a battle i mean my my immediate thought was oh they're in the middle of a battle and it's just an epic moment in the fight but i don't know I, that's I mean, what i got from it but then a lot of people are like oh no they're destroying it together. exactly like, I, <laughs> I don't think just the way they're like their bodies are positioned everything like that it feels like in the they're in the middle of a fucking mm. fight so um, you know, I feel like that makes most sense. Now, someone zoomed in, of course, because that's what the internet does. And you can see, I guess, in the background, supposedly, um, Chewbacca's, uh, bow blaster and his, uh, what is that? The, the belt with, yeah. you know, all his ammo on it, I guess. Like, on, like, the wall. On the wall? Yes. Like, it's kind of like in the, so do you feel like it's a trophy room of some sort? Well... We do in that big ship scene. We do see the um, the ship that uh, I don't know if you remember in Force Awakens. Um, Han is flying also this big container ship as well. Yeah, and that's also in that. So maybe they're on that ship, and that's just you know where Chewbacca had some of his stuff. We also see but that the belt is be off a of Vader, him. Uh, like, why would they have that little, like, statue or whatever the hell it is? Damn it, I don't know. I yeah. don't have all the answers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I feel like it's probably, like, some kind of, like, trophy room or something like that. I mean, Kylo Ren seems like a guy who would have a trophy room. True. So maybe there's some kind of time jump or something going on. But then does that mean that Kylo has killed Chewbacca and taken his bowcaster? I don't know if I can handle this shit, Christian. <laughs> They kill fucking C-3PO and Chewbacca. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> we might have to have to find a new podcast partner. Um, no, it would definitely be rougher than Endgame to see these losses. Yes, exactly. No, it, it will be. Because, I mean, for me, like, those comic book characters are so wrapped up in the actual mm-hmm. comics that they could die on screen and won't resonate the same way as seeing, like, you know, these Star Wars characters that I've grown up with, you know die on screen now i do agree with a lot of other people lando is probably 100 percent safe at this point you think so i think he's safe because people the outcry and the outrage over the last few deaths okay i think leia might be safe i don't think they're gonna i i to me that opening scene you know you have ray you know in the jungle forest Mm -hmm. training like it it makes me feel like leia's doing the training with her um and you know and there's that one scene where she's like hugging you know leia and everything i i feel like they're just gonna let her kind of right off into the sunset oh okay that's, i can see that that's you know why why do that why make fans go through that again mm-hmm. so I, I feel like she's safe lando i could see dying like in a mission like on the falcon like you know sacrificing himself you know, I, I, I guess, but I think I would have wanted him to be in another film before that, you know? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree, but it is what it is at mm-hmm. this point. We can't rewrite history. <laughs> so, 
Um, I would be okay with it though. If it's if he goes out valiantly, I I, I think I'm all right with mm. that. I think I probably have more of a problem with you know Chewbacca and C-3PO. <laughs> I'll be honest. So there's something innocent about C-3PO. You know, I feel mm. like as a kid, like with the droids, at least for me, like they're the first things I kind of like latched onto with Star Wars. So I don't know. That, that almost feels like part of my childhood dying, maybe. <laughs> so like I didn't think, I don't think I really appreciated Lando until I was older. Uh, um, so, I mean, Lando's one fucking badass motherfucker, but like. <laughs> but the story does start with the droids. I yes. mean, you follow them from the beginning. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, um, all right. So and I do like the scene where it seems like Lando is like holding court. Mm-hmm. Where they kind of have it's off in the distance, but you have like Lando sitting there, and they he's got a bunch of like you know, it seems like like resistant fighters like surrounding him. I thought that was pretty cool. So does this trailer basically confirm what everyone's been kind of like speculating that Kylo and Rey are going to team up to face the Emperor, just with his lines alone, where he says like "Your coming together will be your undoing." I mean, if I had to guess, I would say yes. Okay. It, it right. It, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm surprised they put that in there, because everything else is so light story wise, you know. Especially with this trailer, um, yeah. I, I I also I do like the choice that they made not to show the emperor. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the story being kind of predictable in that way, where you have like that team up and they're gonna go? It feels like they're going like straight like Raylo here. You know, where, you know, she says something like, no one knows me. And then, like, I think Kylo's like, I do. You know? I mean, I'm all about it. I you that. really? <laughs> They're going to end up being cousins or something. Watch. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of gross. Um, <laughs> George is not writing anymore. <laughs> I really, I really, I don't think I want them together. I don't think they'll be together. You don't think it'll be I an think actual relationship? It's just more like a team up to take They'll the team up and they'll tease it, but it'll end badly. But I do like, like I was going to say, I do like the choice of them not showing the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, oh, okay, cool. We have to wait for that. We have to, you know, buy our ticket, you know, get some popcorn and see it in the theater. Do you think there's a reason, though? Another reason for that? Do you think maybe this is a different version of the emperor do i think it's young clone yeah <laughs> do you think i mean that'd make that make for an awesome fight i'll tell you that right but are people going to buy it are people going to feel disappointed i if it in the end of the day if it, if it's done right if the story makes you know if it makes sense to the story then sure I fucking hate clones, man. I hate clones. But I agree so with you, but I hate clones so much. And Star Wars has, obviously, you know, I mean, they're knee deep in fucking clones. Yeah, but I mean, if you. Especially those, you know, the extended universe mm-hmm. stories. I mean, they cloned everyone in those books. The Emperor was cloned a bunch, mm-hmm. Luke was cloned. But you, why wouldn't he clone himself? No, it makes if sense. If he's been planning from the beginning, why wouldn't he clone himself? It makes sense. It does. And we know they've established cloning mm-hmm. with, you know, the prequels and everything. So it would make sense. I guess it's acceptable plot-wise. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and maybe it makes, it's probably the option that makes the most sense. Cause I mean, where else has he been this entire time? Yeah. Do you feel, feel like that, like fleet of fucking, uh, star destroyers that like pop up? Do you feel like that's like, you know, like the emperor? I'm, yeah, I'm hoping it's like the force, not, you know, just random star destroyers coming out of the ground. Okay. Okay. I think that'd be a badass moment. No, I, what I mean, like, I'm talking, like, do you feel like that's the emperor, like, letting himself be known? Oh. Well, maybe. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> it's, I mean, visually, just stunning, like uh-huh. I said. I mean, this whole fucking trailer is like, Jesus Christ. There's even a scene where they're, like, blasting their way through a hallway, and it's such a great camera angle where, like, the floor is kind of reflective and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, my God, that is fucking filming. <laughs> <damn> <laughs> I love JJ. I do. <laughs> I, I mean, do. I just I can't wait for this to come out. You know. Yeah, I know, and we still have two months to go. Exactly. <laughs> I really, and I hope that this is it. I don't want any TV spots. Oh, there's gonna like be TV spots. Extra footage, or you know, some you know foreign market trailer with more footage. I hope they kind of just keep it like this. If anything, I feel like this was just them saying, "All right, don't watch anything beyond this. We're gonna still put it out, but don't watch anything well, beyond this." With with uh, Last Jedi, because they basically, it, it followed the same, like, hmm. you know, schedule where we got a trailer, Monday Night Football in October. Did they put anything else after that final trailer? I don't know if there was any new footage, but they had tons of different TV spots. Did they? Okay. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I that's fine. I expect them to fucking advertise the film on TV. Although, I still feel like they could have just not even put out a trailer. They could have just put out a fucking poster <laughs> and people, they'd still make billions of dollars. Yes. People still are going to show up regardless. So, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we'll eventually get there where there's a movie, a bigger movie that's ballsy enough to do it where they're like, you know what? We're just going to do a fucking poster. I, I feel like it'll be an Avengers film. Marvel could definitely do yes. it. Yes. You know, Marvel or Star Wars, I feel like are the only films that could really get away with <laughs> Currently. That. Yeah. People would love it, though. I think people would get into it. Well, I can't wait. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I felt the same way after the last Jedi final trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, and that movie was definitely a mixed bag. But I've got a good feeling about this. <laughs> got a good feeling about this, Christian. <laughs> it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a... I can't believe he's taken on ending a nine-story, like, nine-film arc, you know? Do you feel like it's really going to be a definitive end, though? I think it's a definitive end for at least the characters that have been a part of the nine story arc. Okay. If that makes sense. I feel like we're going to see Ray again. No, yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm hmm. You know, I don't know if they're going to like maybe make it like a solo kind of story. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) But I feel like we're going to see Ray again. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot. They've got their work cut out for them Mm because there are a lot of people gunning for this film right now. Um, just seeing like kind of some of the comment sections, you know, when the trailer was released and everything, I was like, really, come on, man, just let us have our moments. <laughs> <laughs> let us nerds enjoy. Mm-hmm. We don't have to pick everything apart and just make everything, you know, a fight and argument. Um, but yeah, no, I, they definitely have to win back some fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe JJ does it. We'll see. So this week was the start of a brand new show, Watchmen. Over on HBO. Yes. Let's get into it. There are people who believe that this world is fair and good. 
It's all lollipops and rainbows. We don't do lollipops and rainbows. We know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. Soon thou shalt save us. And we will whisper. Episode one, it's summer and we're running out of ice. Angela investigates the attempted murder of a fellow officer and the lord of a country estate receives an anniversary gift from his loyal servants. Dan, what'd you think about this? You know, I gotta say, um, I had little to none expectations when it came to this series. Um, I, the, the trailers just didn't like hook me at all. But after watching the first episode, I feel like it's really promising. Um, like if, just from the get go, um, how it opens up with like the Tulsa like riots mm-hmm. and everything like that, or massacre, I should say. I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking brave choice that they're making here. Um, you know, I, like I actually, I, I knew little to nothing about you know that whole massacre. I actually went and like I was googling it I while it was thing. going. Like, <laughs> while I was watching. I was, I was like, like, did this actually happen, or like, is this really fucking happened? <laughs> Jesus. Um, I gotta say, man, like everything like clicked with me. Uh, I really enjoyed what they did. It felt like it was. It was in the spirit of the source material, but it was something fresh and new at the mm-hmm. same time. Um, I think it was a really smart choice to have it take place like 30, 30 some years after, you know, the original events of the comic. Uh, so there's enough time that like went by where I wouldn't be like sitting there wondering, wait, where's this character? What's going on with this character mm-hmm. at this point? Um, I got so hooked into you know, the cast that they were showing us and the story that they were giving us, like, I kind of forgot about. I almost forgot it was a Watchmen series, honestly. And I feel like this could actually, like, just this episode could stand on its own if it wasn't an, a Watchmen series. Um, you know, it wasn't what sold it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was a great, like, concept. Like, these police officers are kind of forced to, like, hide their identity. Spoilers! Um, and, and this is all stuff that's in the trailer, but... You know, the police officers are forced to hide their identity because, you know, there was some kind of, like, massacre that happened where they were attacked. Um, it, it makes sense, um, you know, story-wise. I, I'm curious to see, like, you know, there's this group of, like, white supremacists. They've co-opted, like, the Rorschach mask um, as their own. You know, that's really, like, the only, like, major like Watchmen tie-in that's happening, you know, here. There's little things, mm-hmm. but like that's the biggest thing. Obviously, and then you know, Adrian pops up, you know, that you know, he's not confirmed yet, you know, Jeremy Irons as Adrian, but it's fucking Adrian. Give me a break. Um but like, you know, with the main narrative that's going on, you know, that's probably like the biggest like tie-in to like the original story. So I um I, I it was the kind of story that like had me hooked right away, which is what you want from a first episode. Um, you know, who are these characters? What are their motives? Um, and what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know, I mean, why are there squids? You know, dropping out of the sky. I have, you know, my theory is obviously it has something to do with what Adrian did in the watch. You know, yeah. in the final pages of the Watchmen book. You know, something with like the interdimensional, you know, monster that he you know brings about. Um, 
but yeah, like everything else, like I'm like I'm like, what is the show about? Like, what is, <laughs> you know, because you know the original Watchmen story was you know such a meta comic book, you know, and it was really like deconstructing you know superhero comics mm-hmm. at the time. I don't know if this series is about that though. I like that Damon Leadoff seems to be using like the original narrative of the Watchmen to kind of explore, you know, what's going on currently. Um, you know, just it, there seems to be a lot of like, you know, social like subtext going on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, throughout the show, at least with the first episode. You know, I mean, I might completely feel differently <laughs> with the second episode. We're only one issue or one episode in at this point. So, but it, it feels like that's the direction that they're taking the show. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's smart, you know. Think a good example. And bold, though. I mean, it is a bold mm-hmm. choice and it could turn off a lot of fans, but that's what the Watchmen, you know, that it was abrasive, you know, at the time and everything. So... Um, you know, it should be something groundbreaking. And if he's got a story, you know, worth telling within the framework of the Watchmen, I mean, hell, go for it. Yeah, uh, I think to piggyback off what you were saying, a good example of that was like the guns locked in the cars, mm-hmm. you know, and they have to have, they have to call it in and get special like, you know, codes just to get their guns out of their cars. So like when that's going on, like I'm picturing what Panda looks like. You know, the entire time. And I, I don't know, I've got him almost like fucking Robocop or something like mm-hmm. that. And then we finally get to the big meeting with all the police and then we see Panda. And I'm like, man, that's totally not how I was visualizing <laughs> it all. You, you weren't visualizing a panda mascot? Yeah, like an actual panda mascot. <laughs> but I think it's it's such a cool cop. Like these cops basically having to become like superheroes. Mm-hmm. To do their fucking jobs, you know, to keep their families safe. Um, I, I can't wait to like dive into like what you know made that choice mm-hmm. happen. Uh, so um, the performances were all great, um, and like the what I liked about it too, like it felt like it'd be taking place now, even though we're in this like you know superhero world you know it like and there were some elements that were you know different it's like this almost like alternate you know reality um but it it felt grounded you know at the same time visually it's not this like heightened kind of like superhero movie feel even though it's like a superhero story you know or so we think um the world feels grounded so, you know, there's some aspects of it that's, you know, not futuristic, but almost like sci-fi has, I mean, they have, like, the police have, you know, a spaceship, mm-hmm. night owl ship, it seems like. Um, do you think that was actually, like, originally, like, the original night owl ship? Or do you think, no. like, that's their own, like, version of that? Like, that's something, like, all the police yeah, have? Yeah, I think they just took the technology and now all the police have it. Like, it's like a helicopter. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you've got little things like that happening, but at the same time, it feels like it, it could be taking place now. Like, it's not like in this, like, heightened superhero-like mm-hmm. world. Um, you know, it feels grounded, even though there's some spectacular shit going on. <laughs> um, so, it didn't feel like they could really fly the goddamn ship, though, right? Like, yeah. 
I don't think it was made for what they were trying to do. Yeah, right? Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, You know, it had a great surprise ending. Um, something I didn't see happening at all, but it made sense because it really mirrored, like, the original story, like, the first issue of the original mm-hmm. story. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm excited for, you know, the next episode to come out. No, I definitely enjoyed how they structured the episode. Like, even from the beginning, it felt like kind of what you would have gotten from one of those first issues of the comic. Mm-hmm. Like, going from that theater to seeing you know, the town's all fucked up and all this stuff is going on uh, in the background. A lot of just, like, juxtaposition between each item going forward. I thought it was really well put together. And, and deliberate. It's yes. Deliberate oh, it's deliberate. But, I mean, it just very well done. Yeah. I uh, agree. Definitely up to HBO's quality. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't... It's those trailers, you know, and I don't know if that's just the way they cut, mm-hmm. they were cut or whatever. They just were so kind of lackluster and they really didn't give you much. So it's hard to get excited for the series. Definitely. I know a lot of people, I think, too, I mean, were a little hesitant about them, you know, telling, you know, a Watchmen story because um, people do treat it like the Holy Grail of comics. Um, but I feel like this is far enough away from that original story that I'm okay with it. Like I'm accepting of it so mm-hmm. far. Like it's not total like blasphemy. You know, very much like Doomsday Clock that's mm-hmm. going on over at DC right now, still going on two years into it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised. Yes. I, I think it'd be great if they don't release that issue until this show is over, we can just do a double like, Oh, <laughs> It's the last issue, right? Yes. Jesus Christ. But, um, no, I, I really do. Enjoy, I was surprised. They did really, like, like you're saying with the trailers, they really undersold the show and yeah. what it was going to be. Absolutely they did. And while we still don't know what this story is, I'm so ready to see what's coming. Now, what's it did coming. crazy well, though, ratings-wise, mm-hmm. which is good news. So I guess it, it like hit what like Westworld did with their debut episode. So, I mean, HBO is super mm-hmm. excited. And that's with a lackluster trailer. Because there was... I don't really feel like there was, like, huge buzz around it. So, um, like, I turned it on, like, just very, like, matter-of-factly. <laughs> so, but I'm glad I did. No, I'm I forgot I it was even coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the next day, I'm like, reviews are out. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And all the reviews were actually... I mean, everyone was pretty... At least the critics were. I guess, like, fans were blasting it for some mm. reason. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's one of those things where people are just, you know, they didn't like the social commentary going on. Um, there's a lot of that, unfortunately, nowadays. But, like, critics were really high on it, at least. So, you know, and as a fan, you know, I consider myself more of a fan than a critic. I enjoyed it, too. All right. Well, it's time for me to be a fan and a critic because I saw Zombieland Double Tap. And now, our feature presentation. It felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? Oh! Whipsy, I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! 
You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah? I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. We're gonna go get her. We ride it, dog. Start talking. You first. Well, my name's Tallahassee. Columbus, Tallahassee, Wichita, and Little Rock move to the American heartland as they face off against evolved zombies, fellow survivors, and the growing pains of the snarky makeshift family. Spoilers. Yes. Correct. Very much spoilers. I'll get into a little details here and there. All right, Christian. It's time to nut up or shut up. How did you <laughs> feel about this movie? Um, You know, I, I tend to be picky when it comes to comedies, it seems. Um, and just like a lot of it, a lot of it wasn't for me per se. I what was, does that mean? Who was it for? I don't, if you are a fan of the first one, there's plenty that you'll enjoy. I did like the first film mm-hmm. and there was a lot, there's a lot of great elements, but this just felt like a fast paced, um, I, it was very lackluster for me. Yeah. You know, there wasn't like the jokes weren't landing. There was very much, you know, we're taking a lot of what you guys know. We're going to rehash it a little bit. Uh, we're going to introduce all these new elements, but they're not really all that important. We're just going to get to the end, and all the heroes are going to be safe and have a good time. Because we're ever in like, serious threat. No, yeah. There was no real peril for the, the main heroes. Even though this movie kind of centers around you know, this concept of... Hey, the mutant, uh, the zombies have mutated and like are getting stronger and faster and better. Oh, really? And they they introduce a new mutant, a mutated zombie called the um, T eight hundred. Is that what they're calling it? Because they were like, oh yeah, it's like a Terminator. It's coming after us. And they really showed off when he first comes up that it takes so many bullets to take it down. But like halfway through the movie, they have these two new characters just fighting like five of them on their own. Now okay. while it doesn't turn out well for them. They still took care of all of them. And it wasn't like a big thing in the end. And that's not a great way to introduce exactly. you know, a new zombie. So in the beginning, they start off with this main focus of showing off the three main types of zombies that they have. Um, there's an Einstein one that can figure out how to get through doors and stuff if it really pays attention. And the, uh, there's a Homer that's just dumb. Uh, will totally walk away from you by accident. Or getting self-hurt. Um, and then there's the ninja, which is supposed to be the most deadly of the three. Um, that can actually, like, hunt and stalk you and, um, like, hide. Because they show a guy going into a room thinking he's safe. And in the background you see, you know, the ninja just kind of going from area to area. And then out of nowhere taking him out. And stuff like that. So it seems impressive. But when they encounter them on their own, it's just kind of like them... All back to back with guns, just saying, "Hey, there's a ninja. Hey, there's a Homer. Hey, there's this," and they're just taking them all out. So they're just kind of like cannon fodder. Exactly. Okay. And even with the the one I brought up, it's just it just seems like um, it's not a threat at all until the very end. You know, uh, even at the end, they come up with a very simple plan to get rid of you know this massive horde of this new powerful zombie, okay. uh, and pretty you know standard action fair so 
Fair enough. Fair enough. So are is that like the main focus of the film? Is like this new breed of zombie? Um, the main focus is mostly um, the youngest of them uh, gets split off from the group because mm-hmm. she wants to be around other people her age and stuff like that. Is this sequel in real time? Like, is it actually been like ten years? Since? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's been ten years. They they make fun of the fact that they're still making jokes from two thousand nine. And everything. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Twinkie jokes. One of, the, one of the big jokes is like um, the new dumb character that they bring in who is supposed to be like your typical airhead uh, is like, I have an idea for an app. And it's where, you, you know, you allow strangers to drive you around. It's obviously a, you know, a nod at Uber, Uber. and stuff yeah. like that. Um, them completely. What's society look like? Like, have they started to rebuild at this point, or... It doesn't seem like they've rebuilt, but there are pacifists with, like, a tower, and that's one of the, the big things that they come across. Um, okay, so they're pacifists as in what? They don't want to hurt the zombies? They or? don't want to use guns, fight, do anything. Okay. And they have their own civilization, but of course, you know, that's not going to work out. So it's kind of <laughs> like Walking Dead, where they have, like, their own little, mm-hmm. like, you know society set up little towns yes okay but you don't really get to explore any of them really okay you only you only get to babylon which is the pacifist town okay is that where most of the movie takes place um that's where the last uh, act is on it uh so how are the performances um you know they're what you would expect from them um you know they're all good actors you, you don't expect a bad performance out of it, but it's... Are they able to, like, recapture that, like, original... Oh, absolutely. Trait? They feel exactly like, you know, you haven't really left a day, you know? Okay. Um, I still believe the relationships that they have. They feel like a good family and everything. So I think that was pretty solid overall. Okay. Um, it's... I, yeah, it's just the jokes, really, that were just bothering me. Really? I just... I, I couldn't get behind them. Um... The action sequences are well done. I would say um, out of everything that they did, you know, when it came down to actually fighting and you get it, you know, the camera's flowing through each person. There's very little cuts and it looks really well done um, overall. But everything else just feels like you're kind of standard fare. So, I mean, a lot of times with comedies, mm-hmm. like sequels are difficult. Like uh, for, it seems like a lot of them like always like rehash a lot of like the original films like jokes yeah. and like shticks like is that the case with Zombieland too? like I mean are they like rehashing a lot of things like hey you remember when we did this in the first movie we're doing it again is it that like that type of fare not necessarily I feel like they were more on the fact that they were rehashing character tropes okay. like in a way where like they bring in um, Owen Wilson and another gentleman that's uh, supposed to be exactly the same as um, Woody Harrelson and... Okay. Yeah, I remember that from the trailer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, they're not perfect, but, I mean, it's just like... It's about 15 minutes of them running through jokes of that. Yeah. And it, it, it was just kind of... <laughs> it's a one-trick pony. Exactly. Okay. Um, I didn't... The I feel like we've role. seen that joke before, too, in comedies. Exactly. It's, right? uh, everything felt overplayed. Like, it's all stuff I've seen before. Nothing really, you know, new comedy-wise. You know, like, I, I can get behind, you know, things like Superbad and stuff like that because you know, they bring at least something new to the plate. Mm-hmm. It's something, there's 
There's a new funny element to it. But oh, this that's is what felt... Zombieland was like. Exactly. You know, that's, the original Zombieland was great because it was something fresh and different and a different mm-hmm. take on the genre. So it's unfortunate that it seems like they didn't bring anything new to the table this time. So. Exactly. Well, I'm glad I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to probably see it and be like, this was the best movie <laughs> of the year, Christian. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Honestly, I, I felt like the best scene in the entire movie was the mid credit scene because it felt like it was from the original film. Like it had that same feel. Okay. Um, and that's featuring um, Bill Murray. Okay. Okay. All right, man. Well, that's unfortunate. So if you, it, I mean, if you were going to give it a letter grade, what would that be? You know, um, I was still able to have a good time when there were certain moments throughout it. So I, I'm going to still give it maybe like a C plus. Okay. But, you know, definitely not high on my list. Okay. All right. All right. Well, it's time to talk some wrestling. God, what's Finn Balor doing here to Johnny Gargano? No, Finn! Oh, oh my God! Spiking Gargano's head on the lamp! Damon hates wrestling! Alright, Christian. So it is 2 o'clock in the morning, as always. It seems like that's when we're typically discussing wrestling. <laughs> um, this week, once again, the WWE uh, Fast is ongoing. So we are not covering the main roster. Uh, just, you know, we'll we'll wait till, you know, they're done with their, you know, their blood money, you know, the Saudi <laughs> show. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's talk uh, some Wednesday Night Wars. Yes. Um, what was your overall thoughts of AEW? I, again, another solid show. Um, I, I thought it was a little, a little daring to do both tag matches back to back at the beginning of the show. And also cut off that kind of the second match with Chris Jericho showing up with the inner circle. But they I, did finish the match. They finished the match. Yeah. I just thought it was like maybe that's too much for the crowd at that moment. But you know what? They somehow end up winning back the crowd because mm-hmm. they did. Like Jericho starts to interrupt, and you know the crowd seems like completely like distracted by what's going on, and the camera's not helping. They're going, you know, to them, which I mean was by design, but. They were still able to keep the crowd's attention, which I was impressed with. Um, so I, I agree, though. I was like, oh, they're just totally, you might as well just throw this match out at this point. Mm. And that was like, it was a tournament match at that point, right? Yes. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely ballsy. Um, but good storytelling, though. I thought it was a nice setup, you know, for Cody when mm-hmm. he came out and everything like that. And you had the great moment where it's like, hey, we're not like the other show. There's no invisible wall that's stopping me from coming up there. I thought that was a nice moment. And I, Jericho is just fucking killing it as a yes. heel. I mean, <laughs> this is what a heel is supposed to be like. You know, mm. all talk. You know, but then at the end of the day, he's on his knees fucking crying. <laughs> I bought a ticket! I love the scarf line and mm-hmm. everything like that. Uh, I wasn't so big into, like, DDP coming out. I felt like that was a spot that could have been used for another one of the... Like, putting over another wrestler. Um, well, I argue this. 
why wouldn't the Bucks come out when they're being challenged by the Inner Circle um, tag team? Uh, that's a good point. That was that bothered me. I was like, why? Why wouldn't the Bucks come out? It was a little weird. It was a little weird. Like, I understand why, they had a match right after. You know, and like, but... why is DDP there? Like, did he know? <laughs> did he know this was gonna happen? Like, it just uh, it was a little bizarre. I get it though. He was insanely over though. I mean, the crowd went fucking nuts when he came out. <laughs> So, and he had, like, his own, like, intro and everything. Uh, I was like, is DDP part of the company now? <laughs> so I know he's good friends with, like, the roads mm-hmm. and everything. But I, apparently, you know, he's going to be around for a little bit, it seems like. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the brawl and everything. I like that the faces got the best of them. I like that the heels, like, cowered away. Um, like they're supposed to because they're fucking heels. Hmm. Um, Jericho's not worried about saving face. You know, they try to lock themselves into that room. It was a great moment with Cody fucking taking, you know, MJF's scarf and wrapping it around his hand and busting through the window. I thought that was really nice, um, you know, and something that's memorable, too. I think when you have brawls like that, you need little touches like that, little nuances to make them memorable. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of those moments that people will, like, kind of latch on to. Um, but yeah, no, I, just a well done angle. Um, I want more angles like that for the rest of the card though, with, um, full gear coming up. Um, I, you know, it seems like they're relying very much on the ring work, which is great. I mean, the matches were all fucking great this, um, episode. I just would like to see them shoot like not too many, but a few more things for the undercard, Mm -hmm. you know, full gear. So especially with like Moxley. And um, Omega, you know, at least give me a video package on Moxley. Yeah, I feel like if anyone is deserving and would make the most sense, because a lot of like first time watchers are going to be like, wait a second, that's Dean Manrose. Let him kind of tell his story, like what he's doing here and everything. You don't have to go full on like blasting WWE. I get why they wouldn't want to necessarily do that. Uh-huh. But kind of go into that and like, you know, let me know like, okay, well, this is why, you know, Omega and Moxley are here, you know, storyline wise. Um, you know, maybe maybe they do it next week. I don't know. So, but um, yeah, otherwise, I mean, I mean, the Lucha Brothers and Private Party was great. Um, I, 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 I'm excited to see the Lucha Brothers take on um, mm. SEU. Uh, I'm trying to think what else happened to the card, Christian. I'm trying to play. It's two o'clock in the morning, man. <laughs> um, you kind of had Britt Baker win a squash match. Yeah, but you know what? I was okay with that. Mm. It, I like that. You know, they were totally invested in her. She was definitely over with the crowd. Um, yeah, I, I, I still wish they would have more women featured on the show. It seems like they're kind of got a quota of like one, mm. you know, one woman's match a show at this point. You know, we have a little thing with Brandy um, and back, which was weird, but give me more. You know, I mean, you got to feature some of your other characters. I know they're leaning heavily on Dark right now. I feel like they do need to promote that show more. I like that they did have a rematch from Dark. Though. Yes. So, and it was a damn good match. It was. And it was a nice story, too. I like the fact they were putting over the fact that Joey Janelle can actually wrestle. That he's not just this, like, garbage style of wrestling. Wrestling, you know. Mm. It's well, just, he was proving it in yeah. the ring the Well, that's exactly. Time. That was the story. And mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job. Um, I thought the commentary was strong. Um, they go a little too meta, if you will, sometimes. Um, you know. They're having a good time. Jim. They're Jim. Just- <laughs> 
Jim's a little grouchy, mm-hmm. um, but I'm fine with that. And I like that they're letting Ex- Excalibur really be like the play-by-play guy and everything. I could do without some of like the kind of like snarkiness, you know, from Jim and Tommy, Tony at the time. You didn't like them like making him. fun of him? Yeah. Like, well, that was, I was okay with that. It's just when they start talking about like, you know, what he's calling the moves and everything like that. Mm. Tony used to do that with Mike Tanay a lot. You know, Tony and Bobby would do that with him. So I feel like that's kind of like the banter they're going for. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of afraid it's going to like turn off like, you know, newer fans mm. who for me, like for me, like Tony and Jim, like that's the voice of like, you know, my childhood, um, where, you know, newer fans like, okay, well, why are you pissing on the product? I could, I could see why they would take it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's coming from a good place where other fans might not understand that. So, um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't really have a bad thing to say though. Well, how did you feel about the double um, elimination? I'm okay end? with it. I'm okay with it, um, and I know what other people are saying right now, but I think you need to establish that mm-hmm. that that's a possibility. The only problem I had with it was, you know, Moxley attacks the ref. He should have continued beating the fuck out of Pack though. You know, it kind of like he attacks the ref and then Pac's laying there and Moxley's just kind of like pacing around. Mm. I was like, I feel like you're in the throes of battle. Keep on fucking up Pac at that point, you know? Mm. So that that was it though. I like that they're establishing that time limit draws are a thing and that the cap makes it feel more real and makes it feel more authentic. And then it adds such a great sense of urgency during the match so then when you hear that, like, okay, five-minute call, then you, you can f- you see, like, the pace pick up in the match and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it adds a different storyline, like, element to the whole thing. So I, I No, yeah, it's, it's definitely a mixed bag right now with the reviews on that in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that, with your exact sentiments, like, oh, they're establishing the rule and we're I'm not actually bothered by that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's people that, you know, haven't experienced like anything from New Japan or anything. They're getting this for the first time. And they're like, well, why? Why would we do this? Why would I? Why would I want I to see both people lose? I don't see it any different than like a run and finish, mm. you know, or like a schmas finish where everything just goes awry and you don't really get like it's a no finish and no contest. So and I like that they're kind of using it to establish it was it was a great match up to that point. So I'm okay with that, you know. And then it leaves meat on the bone for them later on down the line. But you don't have to do the typical, you know, wrestling thing that we've seen for the last couple of decades where, you know, it's a run in or a DQ or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a different element. You know, but I can understand if you're not a fan of like New Japan or something like that, where it's a little different to end a main, a main event that way. So, but at least it wasn't like a pay-per-view. Yes. <laughs> at least it wasn't a sledgehammer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A DQ and a fucking hell in the sun. Okay, we're not going to start that. Uh, Let's uh, not go down that. How road. did NXT measure up this week? Um. So well, I thought it was okay. Um, it was a solid show. I like the fact that they're doing their own thing still. You know, and they're not booking towards the competition. Um, for me, it was all about the main storyline. You know, and you know the big you know turn. 
mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows already Finn Balor actually turned heel. I thought that was really well done. Um, I'm excited for that. I think it's bold. I think it's ballsy. Um, but I think it's something that will get people talking and get fans excited. Exactly. I think, you know, it brings clarification to his, you know, mysterious tweet where it's like, I have to go back to my past mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I he's, He is a great heel. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, this generation of fans, not generation, but I mean, this group of fans um, reaction to his heel work in general. Who might have not been exposed exactly. to him as a heel at all. I mean, he hasn't been a heel at all since, you know, signing with the WWE. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, Vince had him as a fucking, you know, smiling baby face, you know, who uh, just had no mic skills whatsoever all of a sudden. I think it'll be great for the WWE audience to see, like, this version of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's going to get, like I said, it's going to get eyes on the product. You know, like, holy shit, did you hear Finn turn heel? And then the fact that he did it with the Undisputed Era, you know, they didn't kind of address whether or not he would be joining up with them. I feel like he probably isn't going to, um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that he won't, you know, down the line. So, like, give us, you know, I mean, they're already an awesome faction, but you put Finn with them, I mean, you're going to get people really excited. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you rename them or, you know, try to give them more of like a Bullet Club feel at that point. Do you think they have him, like, dethrone Adam Cole? What, I think would you turn Adam Cole face? Yes. I don't know. It feels like he, that's going to be down the line if that does end up happening. If, you know, he's definitely going to enter a program with Johnny now. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Did you see the kid trying to fight Finn in the crowd? No. So, while they're over by the tables everything after he's thrown everyone over there there's a dad holding his son his little son back as he's like trying to run at fit <laughs> <laughs> he was not having his how old was the kid he looked maybe like seven or eight i still can't get over the bailey fan that, that's <laughs> reacting to her like stabbing her fucking uh hugger whatever the mm. air things crying yeah a couple, a couple weeks boy. ago i thought that was fantastic <laughs> and they used that clip Oh, they, they actually used that clip. I was like, oh, his parents site. Well, I mean, they posted on social media. so But they used that when they're uh, doing a, a promo package for her. So, um, But anyway, let's not talk about the main product. <laughs> Life sucks and then you die. <laughs> I will have it shirt, though. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I, in, in, do we see Finn eventually, you know, join up with his friends over on the main roster? Potential. Do yep. we have some kind of crossover? Do you have them just come down? <laughs> That'd be awesome, though. People go fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. They would. They would get really excited because that's what people have been wanting literally since day one. <laughs> so, you know, if they're smart and they're taking, you know, this quote-unquote war seriously, that's something they would think about doing. I hope they change his moniker back to Finn does whatever he wants. Hey, why not, right? <laughs> why not? All right, well, that's going to do it for this week. Yes. As always, make sure that you're checking out dramacityproductions.com that you can find us and plenty of other great podcasts over there. Um, You can find us on your favorite platform as well. In general, we're on all podcast platforms. Definitely check us out. Subscribe, rate, review. 
That's keep right. it going. That's right. Another way to support the show is go ahead and get yourself some nerd swag over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes. Also at Tee Public. Um, tons of great stuff over there, you know. Go ahead and support two podcasters. Give me tons of content every week. Exactly. <laughs> How else am I supposed to see these movies? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Did he alone? <laughs> you're not getting from me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, make sure that you're following us on all your favorite social media apps. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all three, baby. That's right. We are your nerd hub for all nerd news. Yes. And memes. <laughs> Lots of memes. Exactly. Uh, make sure that you're checking out Greg Brebner. That's the music you're hearing right now. Uh, he is our house DJ. Uh, he is on Instagram and SoundCloud. Yeah, got, he has tons of free stuff to download over at SoundCloud. So yes. if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and check him out. All right, Damon, next week uh, it's our Halloween special. We're going to be putting it out a little bit earlier so that you can get it on Halloween. That's right. That's right. So hopefully it'll, it should drop, what, like Wednesday? Yes, or the Thursday? 30th. But no, Thursday's Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, hopefully Wednesday it will be out, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Production <laughs> planning as usual. Uh, okay. On the on the show. <laughs> Card is subject to change. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, we will be talking uh, the lighthouse. Yes. And I will finally review. I, I know I promised it this episode, <laughs> but life happens. Uh, three from hell. Exactly. And you'll hear the end of our top. Horror Icon Countdown. I got it right, goddammit. Yes, I wonder what will be number one, David. Mm, I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, my name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Perhaps we prefer you. I want to hear him confess himself. Then, maybe, maybe... But if you need us, we'll tear your soul apart.